Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Stare Down, our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast amongst friends around the country. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. Bill Risser down in St. Pete, Florida. Tom Meininger up in Cumming, Georgia, north of Atlanta. And Anthony Malafronte in Tampa. What's up, boys? Bill, you got your hat on? Proud, your Tampa Bay hat. How was your weekend? Um, well, you just kind of laid it out. It was, uh, it was a great weekend. A lot of fun. Saturday, uh, you know, got my walk in at, I think this time it was 9.5 miles. Um, and it's just, a you know, beautiful weather here. We're, we're, we're in the mid to high seventies right now. It's, uh, it's pretty special. And then Sunday was a lot of fun. I played golf and I, uh, I finished second out of 59 players with, um, plus six to my quota, Sean. However, um, on my final hole, the 12th hole, I, uh, was able to somehow get it on the green in two at about long putt, 45, 50 feet, Anthony, it was a long putt up the hill and proceeded to four putt it for a double bogey and mm. lost to a guy who was plus seven. I was plus six, a simple <sighs> two putt there for the win. Um, Ooh. he won $310. I won 230. So eh. it's okay. It's just, you know, yeah. It's the W I lost out on, but uh, it was yeah. a, I had a great day. It was at, at this age. At this age, Bill, it's all about titles for you. It's not about the money. You're right. I wanted the title. I wanted that W in 500 FedEx points, but it didn't happen. Um, but it, it was we had a great day on the course, and then uh, well, that hole gets you guys one way or another, doesn't it? What's that? That twelfth hole get, gets you guys one way or another. Yeah, the, the finally, trees I, on the I right, the water. On the I, didn't left. Go, I didn't get in trouble. I was in. I was in the right rough, and I hit a nice little seven iron to the, on the green, but it was just a monster uphill putt left it eight feet short and then ran it three or four feet past trying to make the par and then missed the bogey putt coming down the hill. So yeah, it's a little rough, rough, rough feeling there, but, um, really a good weekend. Uh, and, and look, you know, both football games were, um, well, look, the bucks game was great. Very exciting, you know, weird second half with, with Tom getting out of control, but and then I really felt bad because I, I was pulling so hard for the Bills uh, in that second game. I know we're going to talk about both of them, but uh, yeah, it was other than that Bills game, it was a great weekend. Good. Todd, how about you, bud? Other than football, which we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, well, awful uh, sports weekend for me. Um, Bills, Manchester United beat Liverpool in the FA Cup fifth round to uh, congratulations, Bill Advance. And then there was uh, football, which we'll discuss. Um but no, real good weekend. Um, <clears throat> recharge the batteries. Uh, put on the oxygen mask, as my, as our leader likes to say, um, and uh, hit the ground running today. So it's uh, looking forward to uh, chatting about some uh, sports. Good, good. Mal, yeah, it was a terrific week. A great weekend. The weather, as Bill stated already, has been spectacular here. Uh, it's. We're lucky to live here in January. Uh, I know we are. Uh, and and this week and this weekend is no different. Uh, I actually started playing golf a little bit better towards the end of my round. I started figuring some things out. Uh, I played the last 10 or 11 holes very nicely. Uh, now, Sean, you know this. You're a golfer. It's a funny game, right? It's just a couple of uh, something in your head something in your stance, just something simple that you think about. And all of a sudden, everything just clicks. Uh, and the last six or seven holes, uh, I, I played, I hit the ball really, really nicely. Uh, so it, as we were walking up the, the 12th hole, the third hole in your mother's ass corner. Uh, we, I hit a, a tee ball in the middle of the fairway on number 12, which Bill can tell you, that's the first time I've done that in months Matter of fact, last week I hit the ball so far into the woods on the right. And then I hit another ball and hit it all the way in the woods to the left. So it was our last hole and I'm out of the hole. I walked into the woods to the left. I came out with like 15 golf balls. Uh, <laughs> this past Sunday, I hit the ball with a three wood, which I normally don't hit there right down the middle. I was literally in the middle of the fairway. Uh, and I looked at Rick as we're walking off the tee. I said, you know what? This is the day. I just want to keep on playing because things were clicking. Yeah. Mm. Everything made sense to me where the ball needed to be ball position wise, where I was aiming, everything was like making sense. And I, I didn't want to stop. Mm. You know, you think about the, you know, those last six holes for you guys, 
seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. It's uh, two par threes, two par fours, two par fives. Um, but two really difficult, two really difficult par fives, right? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not. You've played the course twice and it was years ago. It's <laughs> amazing. I played there my whole entire Tampa 20 years, 25 years, and I could not have told you that there's two par fours, two par fives. And two I'm par just thinking because nine and 12 are two of the harder par fours on that course. And yeah. so to be to be grooving on that little cycle there, yeah. I mean, you got to play your tee ball in the right spot on on both par fives. I mean, obviously, you know, Bill, that 10th hole, you got to play, you play a five iron off the tee. I mean, it's such a Yes, Such I do. I difficult went, driving hole. I went five iron, uh, five iron on this trip and uh, then pushed my shot between the two traps. You know, there's two traps on the right. I was between them and couldn't get up and down, took a bogey. I was happy. Just getting points on those holes. It's a tough. Yeah. Tough, yeah I mean, just, just, just no no big numbers on those holes if you can, you're, you're pretty much gaining on the field. Yeah, so that's good, Mal. It's, I, I'm anxious to get out. You know, it's uh seems like it's been, you know, Pinehurst was really the last kind of serious rounds we played, wow. you know. You could fly down yesterday here on number twelve, on number eleven, Sean, the par three. It was the first time in quite a while that none of us were in trouble. Hmm. Yeah, number eleven. Everybody was over the water, not in the dirt, not in the woods, not in out of bounds left. Everybody had yep. well, you know, you know, I was over the green, but it was safe. <laughs> right. That was nice. all where I saw the butterflies. It was a beautiful hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a. Uh, uh, a long inspection. I, I put an out of town uh, investor in contract on a duplex near campus. And uh, so I went, you know, on behalf of my out of town client and, you know, got to meet a new home inspector because she picked him based on the, his reports he uses. And um, we were told that the tenants in, on the one side would be out with 72 hours notice. Nope. Both of them were passed out in their beds, <laughs> college kids. Oh as soon as we walked in and saw the six slicker bottles on the kitchen table and the Xbox and the big hookah, we figured there'd be people sleeping upstairs. Um, so, um, I, 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 I led the way up in case there was guns coming out and it was luckily it was just two kids that just rolled over and said, Oh, sorry, we forgot. But, um, and then Saturday night I showed a house guys. And I, I think I sent you a message. Maybe I, maybe I didn't, um, now my client liked it, but she, she knew it was probably gonna be multiple offers. So she said, can you find out how many offers are on the table? Cause if you know, I'm not, I'm not, I can't go 20 over. Right. Price is 339. And uh text the guy and I said, you know, I'm assuming you probably have already received some offers. Can you give me any type of lay of the land? He says, between today and tomorrow, we got 52 showings. I've already received seven, and I'm expecting at least five more tonight before oh, wow. Sunday's showings. Um, so hmm. I have no idea what it, so my client just said, Thanks for driving over and showing it to me, Sean. Have a good night. <laughs> We're not gonna even consider uh, making an offer. But and then a great day Sunday, just relaxing, getting the house ready for the final, uh, you know, we, we're redoing our basement, not redoing it, but having it waterproof. So a full day of jackhammering today. And, uh, but when it's all said and done, we shouldn't have any issues in our, in our basement. So um, it was nice, by the way, years and years and years ago, we had some chipmunks that kind of made a little hole underneath our dining room window and the kids were still little this morning when they were digging it up, cause they go about four feet down on the outside of the house. They, Rhonda looked out the window and she laughed and they had found like six golf balls that Rhonda had stuck down the chipmunk hole, trying to get the chipmunks to not go down that hole. <laughs> and they found like three or four. And she goes, Oh, if you keep digging, you're going to find at least, at least three more. So kind of funny that she was using that to try and discourage the ch- I go, Rhonda, you know, they're just going to dig around it. I mean, it's not like it's a, a deterrent, <laughs> but yeah. So, all right, boys, let's talk football. Let's, we, we always start with championships on this. If, if one was one, well, two were one NFC championship and then, AFC championship one. Let's, let's go in order. Uh, Tampa Bay goes to green Bay when 31 to 26 and what was quite a thrilling game. Um, if you're really analyzing the game from a, uh, you know, technical standpoint, it was kind of two halves because one half was played very loose. Um, I believe there was no penalties in the first half. Cause I, I, I remember Joe Buck mm-hmm. making a point of it saying there's been no penalties. And then Troy Aikman said, which means we're going to see a slew of flags come out now. And, Sure enough, that's kind of what happened. Um, you know, Tom Brady, first drive down the field, looked flawless. They stick Green Bay, punt. They go down, score a field goal on the next drive. They, they got an interception. No, they got a fumble. Um, 
it could have got ugly, but it didn't because they got another field goal. But, you know, Bill, I'll start with you and then we'll go to Mal and then we'll, we'll bring Todd in on, on the, on the, the backside. I mean, obviously what happened just sort of set up the, let's start before we get to the end, just your thoughts on how the game started for Tampa Bay. Am I allowed to defer my, my, my opening <laughs> kickoff to Todd if I want to? Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'll defer to Todd. Um, what's, I'm sorry, Sean, what's the question? Uh, so the question was just the way the game started, the way, the way it was played. And, and, you know, obviously you're, you're a big guy on pump the brakes on the first drive. It's scripted and let's see what, let's see how the halftime adjustments are. You know, it, it wasn't a, it could have been a blowout at one point, but it turned out that it wasn't until right before the half. Bitter party of one, bitter party of one um, is what I'm thinking. Right. So um, <laughs> there were six penalties called yesterday. So there wasn't exactly a flurry um, in the second half. Uh, very few penalties called. Um, so Green Bay dug themselves a hole a little bit, right? Um, credit to Tampa Bay. Um, and that's part of the problem when you go down 18 um, is you've got to play pretty flawlessly. Uh, and I thought they did a pretty good job of doing that minus one or two uh, things that happened. So um, Brady, it was a tale of two halves. Um, overall, I'd give him a, a C. Um, first half looked really good. Second half, he single-handedly kind of kept Green Bay uh, in the game with some, with three interceptions, if I, if I remember that correctly. So, um, and I know we'll talk about uh, this more and more, but I think, I think Bill called it, but the most brilliant play of the game was that screen to Gronk, right? That was the, that was just, I don't think he'd been thrown to all game. Um, and to have a, a weapon like that, who's your third, fourth option that, that you can sneak in and, and uh, change the course of the game is, it was kind of a, a really cool play. It was a, a quick look to the receiver on the right. They were setting up a, a screen to the left. And as he turned, the whole defense moved. And then he just dumped yep. it to Gronk, who was blocking the whole time. Um, and it really left a just a lane open, didn't it? And that was second half. Um, yeah, that was late. That was yeah. Now the, the, the end of the half where Green Bay had a chance to kind of cut the lead. Um, they got stopped. And T- Tampa Bay used their timeouts to – get it to within a long field goal mm. and then the dagger to Scotty Wilson. I mean, that, that was a massive play right there, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Bucks kicking game is, is remedy. That was a, a burden we had to bear for a very, very long time. probably since Martin Gramatica. And then we, we traded um, what's his name to the, to, to Atlanta GM John, I'm blank on his name at the moment, but, uh, is it uh, and we really haven't had a kicker since. So they came. Uh, what he's he's a very good player, and and he had that was a big lift for the buck at the end of that first half to, to get what, to get those a, additional points. What an absolute colossal uh, defensive error mistake! I mean, almost inexcusable, right? Guys, guys get cut for making mistakes like that. Um, totally changed the complexity. I indicated before made it a huge hole for uh, Green Bay to get out of, and and they uh, didn't do much getting the ball in the second half. They kind of shot themselves in the foot again, right? Terry Bradshaw nearly nearly blew a gasket on that play. When they came to the halftime, you know, kind of yeah. breakdown. He was like, "What are they doing? You got to you got to be zoned. No one gets behind you." I mean, he was mm. livid, and it was uh, very interesting to watch that. Um, but yeah, Scotty, Scotty Miller, uh, Ta, Sean. Yeah, he yeah, no. oh, yeah, just, right. just right. had a. Uh, I mean, look, he got behind the guy, and when you see Brady, and it really, all good quarterbacks are like this. When you see them like step into a throw, in my mind, I'm going, "Oh, this is a completion," because he's taking his time. He scanned the field and he steps into a throw. You think this is a completion? Now that that was more of a rainbow. That was kind of cool. It was on the, the like a, you know, on a rope. Um, but once he, once he, you see him kind of see that and let that pass go, you're thinking, I think there's somebody open. And then it's fun to watch be? the camera Could pan be, out, right? right? For you can actually see it when you're at those games. That's one of the things you miss it by not going to a game. Cause you would, I, you would see that play develop. You would see that thing happening. As soon as he was going back to throw down the left side, your eyes are scanning down for a receiver and you see him go by the DB. Those are, those are so fun to watch. Is there any quarterback in, in the time you guys have been watching the game that uses his undersized third or fourth receiver better than Brady over the years. Can't, I mean, you, know, you think, think of the, of it, no. 
he's know, the players really, he had in, yeah. in, you know, in, in, in New England. And then yeah. to, you know, to set up. He actually makes them better. And he cre- he's created careers for people. Yeah. yeah even like Woodhead it. out of the backfield. I mean, he, his little right. guys out of the backfield, all that stuff. Edelman. Amazing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Edelman and Archulette, and not Archulette. Amendola. I mean, Amendola. Uh, yeah. 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 So. Hey, uh, Sean, I read an interesting stat, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but um, we're coming up on Super Bowl 55. Tom Brady has played in 18% of every of all Super Bowls. <laughs> Think of that, 18%. I mean, that's yeah. unreal, right? And, and yeah, I, I want to say 18. I, I didn't want to exaggerate and say 20, but 18%. I saw that stat Bowl. I shared with you guys that I saw on Twitter about – Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry has, has made 43% of his three-pointers. And Tom Brady has played in 47% of the Super Bowls he's been eligible for. <laughs> so wow. yeah. He's got a better chance of making the Super Bowl than Steph Curry does of making a three-pointer. Yeah, there's that's some, interesting. There are other so, stats in there. So let's, let's go to the second half because the second half, Todd, uh, Green Bay did get it back. They, they get to within 11. Uh, and then and they chased points a little bit on – the, the their touchdown they went for two yeah. right mm. Um, mm. and didn't get it and then green bay comes down or tampa comes down and kicks a long field goal i believe it was a 51 yarder yep. 51 52 something like that yeah kind of go back up 11 yep green bay goes down and they don't go goal. for well they get a field goal right to get it back to eight they, i think they got a field goal yeah. so it gets to eight and then they go down 31 23 they get fourth down outside the two minute warning and they kick a field goal. Let's talk about that decision before we talk about the, the penalty at the end. So first of all, and uh, Bill, it's probably, you could probably answer better. I think it's an analytics thing why they went for two. Um, I didn't think it was the, the best idea, but I think they have a book and numbers that they go by and percentages in the long haul. Um, but part of me thinks in an NFC championship game, there may not be a long haul. Um, you know, you're playing for for the moment. But anyways, I was okay with that. Um, the the two big uh, elephant elephants in the room is one third down and ten. Uh, it appeared Aaron Rodgers had a had a lane to a, a path to victory. We've heard that expression <laughs> since score. Yes, it, score right. Um, and if and, he didn't score, Todd, he was he was going to have fourth and one, fourth and two. Yeah, maybe? instead of fourth and ten. Now I know he's a quarterback, he's a gunslinger, um, but he's also smart and he's also mobile. He's he's not the, the quickest guy, but I've seen him run before, right? Um, so I wish he would have tucked and, and and run the ball. And as you said, even if you don't make the end zone, now you're facing a fourth and three, fourth and two, fourth and one, something which opens up your two point playbook, manageable, right? right? Yeah. Right. yeah. And then. Maybe the worst coaching decision, and this is a guy who's done everything right this year, and I think uh, kicking that field goal was just just a bad mistake, just a horrible decision. Um, all the good stuff he's done the last two years, just pe- people want him fired, right, just because, you know, you may never get back to the NFC Championship game again. I mean, there's no – not everyone's Tom Brady and, and <laughs> spends 18% of their career in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it just doesn't happen. So really tough uh, – Tough decision. Um, it almost worked. We'll, we'll talk about what happened uh, the next series of play. Uh, and again, all would have been forgiven and forgotten if it did work. But uh, looking back, they should have. And here's the thing. They go for it and miss. You still have your three timeouts plus the two-minute warning, and you're giving the team the ball on the 10-yard line, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Kick the field goal and it goes in. You're giving them the ball on the 30-yard line with all three timeouts. And uh, – and you still need and a touchdown. Two minute warning, but you still need a touchdown either way, right? You still need a touchdown. Yeah, that field goal, they still had to score a touchdown with that field goal. So what's the benefit, right? I'm, I'm trying to. I found the benefit. I'm sure someone talked about this today. What was the over under on that game? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say 52 and a half or 54 and a half. Or... I think it was 54 and a half. Yeah. Half. What, what did that field goal do? Stop. It put it over. <laughs> I'm thinking LaFleur had a boat. Shit ton of money on the over. Uh, I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. I love it. <laughs> Years from now, people are going to find out <laughs> that, that the election was was rigged and that the floor had money on the on the game. <laughs> Years from right? now. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's fast forward. Uh, you know, interesting. They kick off. Right. They got five point lead. Obviously, you know, it's two o two on the clock, 
And the guy basically gives himself up. And I don't know if that was because he thought he was going to fumble the ball or he just was so worried. I can't believe a coach said, go down before the two-minute warning. Like, no, just stand there and run around. I think they said just run it back for a little ways and then go down, hoping it would be at two minutes. But, you know, it just messed yeah. it up. I, maybe he thought that – well, I don't want to think that. But he just didn't – he just didn't uh, – he just didn't, didn't, count it right, probably. didn't count it out yeah. right in his head. So Yeah. Maybe they should have put, put Fournette back to catch the kick or something like that so he would go into the pile and, you know. But that was big because that ended up – you know, and then they – I thought it was a brilliant, smart move. on. They got fir- first and goal – or first down, they get nine yards on the pass or on the run, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the next play, Green Bay just steps off sides. To not yep. have to give him the first down. Yep. Super smart. Don't think I've ever seen that before. The announcers. Nope. I've never you know, seen it. Didn't, didn't um, uh, Aikman and, and uh, who's the other Buck. guy? Buck. Didn't they say, why Why didn't the Bucks decline that? Is it not decline declinable? It. No, I think you can decline it, I would say. No, right? They could have declined it. They the just didn't do it. They should I don't know why that. I think he screwed up, right? That was another, that was that was another blunder, like, right? You know, like, another, like I said, I, I don't think any of us have ever seen that where a team no. instantly, you know, and so maybe just the defense is like, cool, we move the ball. It's, you know, give us a first down over, you know, a second we get stuck and third we get stuck, but man, it just seems like they could have declined it and yeah. run one more play. I mean, um, it's a, it's a rules thing, but once the flag is thrown, the clock stops. If they decline the penalty, does the clock start? Cause if it doesn't start, there's no reason to decline it because is there still going to be three or four seconds before the two minute warning? And it's, you know, it's, right. before, it's before the two minute warning. So those rules that apply, like, um, you get no, that was after, the, that was after the two minute warning. Yeah, those runoffs don't happen until inside two minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah, but that was after the that was after because the very first play was the first down, which got them to the two minute warning. Oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. And they came so back. So my question is, and I don't know the answer. If the Bucks had declined it, which they didn't, does the referee then start the clock? Yeah, no, know. no. But here's here's the difference, Mal. If they would have declined it, run a two yard play. They would have had been forced to take a timeout because they just got a first down. They got basically one extra, one extra play, of, one extra yeah, play that, the apple. Yeah. that Tampa Bay had to execute on. Yeah. So, so they they run two into the line, and then it comes down to are they going to pass? They're going to run. They had what third and four, I think it was. It would yeah, and it would have left you know just about seventeen seconds left there with the way the timing of the clock was, or would have they would have had mm. to punted, you know, or done something. Right, and, a lot um, of work to be to, to be done. Yeah, they run yeah. a drag route across the middle. Um, can't even tell you the receiver because it was one of the one of the third or fourth guys um, that they go for and miss it high and long. Pause. No one said anything, <laughs> and then out of the corner of the screen, flag comes. Here comes flying. the back judge. Here, Here comes, comes the back judge. And it kind of reminded you of the uh, Ohio State Miami game where everyone's kind of freezing. Like, what happened? Is is it over? Flag. Um, Todd, I, I know you're probably not a big fan of the call. <laughs> no, I mean, if, if, if we were sitting around and watching uh, this is an isolated play, you know, I could say, yeah, that's, that, you know, resembles a penalty. I can see why they called it. But, um, you know, from, a, from wearing a green and yellow, uh, it appeared like the referees had let these guys play all night long. Um, you know, there was – you can point to examples on both sides, but there are clearly some um, some times where uh, was it Aikman? Yeah, Aikman was doing that game. He was like, "Wow, the rest are letting him play." You know, it looks like Green Bay receiver uh, Adams may have been held. So that to me was the the most disappointing by far because it appeared like they had let him play, and and it, it's a time of the game where I mean, we always compliment NHL for doing this. They swallow the whistle um, in overtime, right? And late in the third period, uh, I don't think it was egregious enough to to basically seal the seal the um it was an incomplete pass they would have gotten the ball back certainly had a ton of work to do having to score a touchdown not kick a field goal um so there's no implied success if green bay got the ball i just hated the way it, it ended that way right so yeah obviously if you're a bucks fan you're you're dancing a jig um understandable um but again isolated that play um sure i can see them calling a foul but in the total scheme of the game it seemed like it wasn't uh up to the the standard of officiating that they had, had allowed to occur. Yeah, um, if you want to go to the Pruder film on every, you know, and they, they zoom in and they show his, his yeah. shirt was stretched out, but 
they also showed the holding on Worf, I think is his name, the the offensive lineman had his, like yep. a, a horse collar around the guy that was rushing. And so, you know, yep. if you're really looking at it, you're like, well, they could have called that. And what about this sure. one? You can do that every play, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Literally. I don't know. Yeah. But did they call it defensive holding or pass interference? Defensive holding. They called it interference. No, they they called it interference. Ball. Yeah, the ball was was a ball in the air. Must have been. I guess because the ball is in the air. Okay, that's the difference. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway, um, the game ends. Mal, you're, I mean, what, what was the vibe in Tampa? Was it electric? No, <laughs> I, electric. I had a, a great conversation with a home inspector today who's a big Buck fan. Kenny Green has been living here since long before the Bucks were even here. And he made a comment that I thought was really interesting that even as Brady made his three interceptions, he never looked aggravated. He never lost focus. He said, any other quarterback that we ever had, we probably lose that game. But Brady just had a will and a determination, and he was the leader that was going to lead us to victory. And, he was, and it was very true. Yeah. Um, especially the third one when he got whacked and he just kind of threw up that lame duck folly floater kind of a thing. You mm. can see the look on his face, like, "Oh man!" That, I can't that was the second one. That was that was an arm punt. I the felt that was one, right. Yes. Yeah, you know, I agree with the that. The third one was all off of uh, Mike's hands, uh, Mike Evans' hands. Um, you right. know, the, on that right. thing play, and the guy picked it off. But, um, but but I think a lot of people in Tampa are the one. They're excited, right? We're going to host the Super Bowl first time for it ever to happen. They're excited that Tom Brady is leading us to this game, historic in many ways. And I, you know, there's some people talking about it, but you also don't, you don't want to get laid out on your home field by a team that may be superior uh, Hmm. in a lot of ways. Right. So there's, there's that apprehension, there's excitement in Tampa Bay and a little bit of apprehension as well. Good segue segue there because um, Kansas city uh, defends their, well, you got, I think Bill wanted to chime in. Oh, yeah, just, just the fact that, you know, the Bucks played them tough this year already. So that's a good thing. They only lost by three. So, hmm. you know, you never know. You never know. Yep. Yep. We'll talk. Um, if we can keep Mahomes out of some of the places there along Dale Mabry. Maybe he'll or pay, put, right. put him in the places along the Dale Mabry. <laughs> yeah, make sure they have ketchup in there. Um, <laughs> Kansas City uh, plays against uh, Buffalo. Todd, your Bills started out. They're up nine nothing. They missed an extra point, but um, you know. And then as soon as you know the talk of, hey, you know, Kansas City's been down double digits before, and um, you just kind of felt like you know, Buffalo. Boy, I, I don't know what it was, but something flipped where all of a sudden they could not defend mm. Kelsey and um, number ten. Uh, Who's number 10? It just was running wild on him. Um, yeah. Uh, King, uh, I want to say King, but that's not right. Yeah. We'll, anyway. uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that was the, um, <laughs> that was not a comfortable nine, nothing. It should have been 10, nothing lead. Right. Um, because everyone knows uh, last year, Kansas city chiefs. Won Tyreek all- Hill. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek, Sorry. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. The Chiefs won all three playoff games last year, facing double uh, deficits. Um, they, they they tend to come slow out of the gate for whatever reason. Um, so, although you're thrilled to be up nine nothing, ten nothing, um, you're just not comfortable against a team that has one loss this year. Uh, how do you defend against Mahomes and and Hill and all those guys? Kelsey, um, Andy Reid, a brilliant mind, Eric Bieniemy, a coveted assistant, right? So they're 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 just loaded. So although, uh, although it was rooting hard for him, um, the outcome wasn't as surprising. I mean, certainly rooting for him would love to have the miracle win, but uh, I think 38-24 sounded about right when you take a step back. Yeah. Mal, Bill, you're, at that point, did you guys really care who was going to play, or did you kind of – Oh, you, absolutely. Oh, you were, sure. Yeah, you want a Buffalo for sure. <laughs> you want a Buffalo bag for, for, for this show and for many reasons. in general. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how appropriate would it be, Sean, for the Bucks to win the game and the Bills to lose the game in Tampa on the yeah, last done play? That before. Yeah. Right? yeah, they've been there, done that before. It would have been a story to end all stories. It would have bring so many things together. 
uh, sure. all at once. I was rooting for the Bills big. Yeah. yeah and, I, and follow, sorry, Sean, following the Bills, it, it seems like they're taking the the, the progressive steps of, of building the franchise. Two years ago, barely missed the playoffs. Last year, won, won the first round, advanced to the AFC Championship. I think they're, the coaching's there. I think Josh Allen is is a great um, sure. you know, foundation. Diggs is great. They, they're probably just a couple pieces away from, you know, giving this thing a run. Um, yeah. but You're following in the footsteps not, of the Chiefs. You're following. Yeah, Kansas City's not going anywhere uh, anytime yeah. soon. So it's, they got some yeah. work to do. Mahomes had to do the same okay. thing. I, I, I tell you, the, um, you know, the Roethlisberger, um, bulky, tough quarterback is being taken over by by Josh Allen. And he's just that that prototypical, doesn't look like he can run, but can. Looks yeah. like he should be able to be sacked. But how many times, other than the, a couple where they just kind of got him moving backwards and he couldn't get any momentum, and he couldn't break He took loose. a couple bad sacks for sure, yeah. Yeah, like a 30-yarder on that one. And then, well, you know. Brutal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a but, drive killer right there, right? So Kansas City, I mean, you know, they can just hurt you with so many different places, you know, with with Kelsey's just so, so good. Um, and it's he's such a he's such a mismatch on the corners, you know, and, and they 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 run so many schemes. The enemy has so many schemes where he just ends up kind of in a crisscross and then a corner's got, you know, all they gotta do is pretty much get the ball to him and he's gonna get another six or seven yards. Um, you know, and Gronk and uh their other big guy, Brait, uh, similar, you know, you, you get him against a smaller safety or cornerback, you know, they need to be on linebackers, but they just, they're so fast. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, by the way, so, Josh, Josh Allen, six, five, two forty. Yeah. And runs that fast. He, yeah. He's a big guy. Um, but yeah, an amazing, amazing shape. Did any of y'all see, uh, three in the morning, the bills plane landed and I know it didn't look COVID friendly, but, there is all those Bills fans at three in the morning just cheering them in. It's just a great little football community, right? So yeah, yeah. That's awesome. If you're a Bills fan, <laughs> you have to be very, very excited for yeah. and where your team is headed. And if you're, uh, you, you I think I think that the you know really the some of the teams that you didn't expect the Clevelands, the Bills, mm. you know, just have a, a bright future that should be neat. Um, two NFL stories I want to get to you guys before I share a couple. Um, notable betting trends that I looked up today uh, when it comes to Super Bowl. We'll talk more next week because we have the off week. But um, Bill, your thoughts on it looks to it looks that Matt Stafford in Detroit and Deshaun Watson at Houston have played their last games with their respective teams. Um, they seek they seem ready to move. Um, any thoughts on kind of what you see happening with those guys? Which which one will the Patriots take to replace Cam? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's <laughs> I think that's what's gonna happen. Uh Belichick will end up with one of those guys or try to get one of those guys. That'd be interesting. So we'll see. Yeah. Um oh, I like Todd's I like Todd's uh Todd's chat. He'll talk about that. Um look, I, I th- Stafford, I just feel bad for the guy. I mean, he's just stuck in a <laughs> hole, you know, that's been so bad for so long. Um, how do you how do you it just it I, I don't want to say it was there were there was a stretch there for Phillip, you know, the last Six or seven years at the Chargers felt the same way, um, but uh, yeah. And Deshaun Watson is, you know, that's kind of a that's an interesting move, right? Because um, the coaches changed, and I thought that was part of the issue. But um, I, you know, we'll see where he ends up. I, I like uh, <laughs> Todd wants. I think Todd wants Deshaun to end up uh, uh, in New Orleans, right? Is that what you're thinking, Todd? <laughs> well, I mean, sure. I think uh, uh, Watson to the Saints and and. and and Stafford to the the Colts, right? I mean, it just yeah. wouldn't that be a plan kind of kind of uh, plug and play. And Bill, I think I brought this up weeks ago. Since 1956, the Lions have won one playoff game. I mean, imagine just imagine being so bad, unbelievable, right? So bad, yeah, unbelievable, yeah. So, um, other other interesting news we didn't talk about last week: Urban Meyer, now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see. It seems to be uh, really focused on building his coaching staff, you know, with with quality coaches. Um, sounds to me like Shad Khan that their owner is kind of giving him some carte blanche. I don't think he's the. I don't think Urban also is the GM and the head coach. I think it's just the head coach. Um, but gonna be interesting to watch how that goes and see sort of what his what his fancy is with Trevor Lawrence or possibly Justin Fields. 
um, mm. who he, you know, saw. I mean, you know, his, his, um, all his quarterbacks that have been successful have been very mobile. Now, Trevor Lawrence, much like Josh Allen, mobile. very, very mobile, yeah. very mobile. Um, and showed that in, in his Clemson days. So we'll be interesting. Let's just keep an eye on that. Let's quickly go to some notable betting trends. Look this up today, guys. Um, listen to some of these stats. <laughs> favorites, by the way, Kansas City, three-point favorite as of now. Three and a uh, half, I think. Right? Favorites have covered two straight and three of the last four. Okay. Um, the overall favorites are 27, 25, and two. Wow. 27, 25, and to two. To cover, to cover, right? Right. Overall favorites. Yeah, it's um, pretty even. Yeah. The last two went under the number, all right? But in the last 20, there's been 10 overs and 10 unders. Those guys are good. Those now listen to this. Good. It's They're also really 26, 26, and one all time. There was no over-under in game one. Wow. 26, 26, and one all time. That's a lot of VIG just living in Vegas, <laughs> right? That's what it's all about. Right? You, know, you know what the over-under is, Sean? I uh, don't. I'm going to, I'll say 57. Oh, jeez. Next. All right. Keep going. Is it? It's 57. <laughs> I, I did not know that. I just. On the nose. On the nose. The kid. The, fa- the favored team uh, in Super Bowl straight up 35 and 19. 35 and 19. Um, here's a couple interesting ones though, guys. There's only, there's a trivia question for all of you guys in the game. There's only two quarterbacks who've won multiple Super Bowls as an underdog. Tom Brady could become the third. There's only two quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls as an underdog. Bill. You know who they are. Name is your buzzer. Bill. Uh, John Elway. No. Damn it. I'm out. Eli Manning, the, the Giants. Oh, there Eli you Manning is one of them. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Eli Manning. But I can't think of the other one. There's two, Jim, huh? They won two Jim Plunkett. Won two Super Bowls. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger. Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett. Oh, wow. Raiders. Yeah, that. who? That's a great it, question. They weren't Jim. both the Raiders. It was the Raiders and like the Washington. Chiefs. No, Washington. no, it was the Raiders both times. Okay. I think it was Raiders both times. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I thought that was an interesting stat. Tom Brady been, only been an underdog, I think, one time in the Super Bowl. Um, uh, okay, first TD scored by position. In all the Super Bowls, what do you think? Wide receiver. What position scored the most? I'd say running back. Just guess. I was going to say running back too. Bill. Wide For wide receiver. Wide receiver. Yeah. Wide receiver twenty-two. Running back twenty-one. Hmm. Tight end five. Quarterback three. Cornerback oh. two. <laughs> and defense one. That was so that was when Seattle Manning, the fumble over yeah. snap over his head. Yeah. Which leads me to my last factoid. How many safeties, Bill, in Super Bowl history? Three. Three. Todd, I, you say three? Mal? I say three also, yep. Zero. There's been nine. nine. What? Nine. Wow. What? Nine. Now listen, well, listen to this three one. Three times oh, three. Todd. Todd and I were multiplying. <laughs> one or nine, twin. Nine safeties and double down on that little bet. That's None great. have ever occurred in the third quarter. None have ever occurred in the third quarter. An interesting factoid on this one. In Super Bowls, let's see, 47 and 48, right? 47, 48, two safeties occurred within 16 seconds of actual game time because the last play of the game in Super Bowl 47 was a safety. (laughs) And the first play in Super Bowl 48 was a safety. Wow. I'm going to forget that one before we're done recording this, but that's good. That's good. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a terrific stat right yeah. there. Wild. Yes. But I'm All right. more impressed talk if you other... just, your memory just knew those from, from watching the game. I know, right? I'd be really <laughs> impressed with that. Hey, he got two 57. Par fours, two par threes, two par fives, Bill. That's pretty good. That's my stat of the day. <laughs> what, 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 what club do I hit on number seven? Seven, you probably hit a eight iron. Oh, we finally got him. No, it's only a wedge. Nine iron? Wedge. Wedge. wedge okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Todd. Human. <laughs> football. Let's talk football. Um, football. Top four teams in the table. Man, U, Man yeah. City, Leicester, mm. and Liverpool. 
Um, interesting to see both mans back up there after last year, really down in the tables. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Liverpool's having a little bit of an issue. They've, they've been held scoreless three games in a row, um, which is, which is unheard of for those guys. Right. Um, that's not including the FA cup, which there was, I think they lost three, two, but I think in the last three premier leagues, they're having some scoring scoring issues. So um well, they haven't won in like five or six games, right? Tom? Yeah, they're they're they were atop the table. Uh, you know, week week and a half, two weeks later, they're they're down to four. So, six points back now. Yeah, they're at the midway point. I think they played. Um, um, I want to say nineteen of the thirty-eight games, um, and uh, long way to go. But Man United seems to be clicking on all cylinders. Um, you know, so they're they're the team that looks to be doing well right now. Um, it was fun to see fans in the stands, but we all know what's been going on in the UK. So they're back to being fanless, which just, oh, we're so close. I'd like to think we're so close, right? So, um, and and I think uh, those guys really feed off it like like all these athletes. So it'll be good to have them back. The the Glazer family having a great (laughs) start to 2020. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, NHL quick highlights. Um, Once again, doing the four East, West, Central, and North. Uh, And the North is all Canada. Seven teams in Canada, nine teams in the West. Um, here's your leaders as of right now, early, early, early in the season on the East, Washington and Pittsburgh in the central Tampa Bay and Columbus blue jackets. You guys get spoiled early, early, early in the season. <laughs> yeah. Like, like four games in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Montreal and Toronto, um, two Canadian teams there. And obviously in the, in the team, it's all league. It's all Canada. And then Vegas and Minnesota um, NBA. Just once again, just, just look at the, Two divisions, but interesting. Let's start in the West. Here's your here's your top eight right now. Uh, I think three weeks into the season. Clippers, Lakers, Utah, Portland, Denver, Memphis, Phoenix, two teams that are kind of on the on the in, and San Antonio Spurs. But listen to the East, guys. Who's up in the East? Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston, Indian, Indiana. Okay. All good. Brooklyn at fifth. Then you got Cleveland, Atlanta, and the New York Knicks. Yeah. What? The, the New York Knicks are in eighth right now. Now they're 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 two games under five hundred in that spot, but ahead of Toronto, ahead of um, obviously Detroit. Uh, you know, just interesting. I just thought that was interesting when I saw the Knicks not at the bottom of the table. So ahead of the Heat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's early. and the Cavs uh, won back to back games against the Nets. Um, so quite interesting. That's impressive. Uh, and then over in the NCAA, two teams left undefeated. Can you name them? No. Liberty. Gonzaga, Gonzaga number one. Okay. Yeah, Baylor. I got that. I knew that. Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Who's number two? Baylor. Okay. Baylor. Yep. Fifteen and zero. Fourteen and zero. Then you got Villanova, Michigan, Texas, Houston, Iowa, Virginia, Alabama, leading the SEC. And Texas wow. Tech. Do you know? Texas Tech. Now you guys know what they're doing for the tournament, right? Um, bubble, right? Bubble and play out of based out of Indianapolis. They're going to play games at the RCA Dome. They're going to play games at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Nice. They're going to play games. Uh, I believe the old Conseco Fieldhouse where the Pacers play, and then I believe some of the games will be down an hour south at Bloomington in Assembly Ooh. Hall. Nice. Um, so it's going to be neat to see how that kind of breaks out and how that works. We're going to have a Final Four without. Kentucky, Duke, or North Carolina currently. They're not even most likely. Close. Not even a final four, a possible tournament without them. Isn't that amazing? That's what I'm saying. They're not going to make the tournament. That's what I meant. Yeah. They're not going to make March Madness. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk in this in this last weekend about coaches wanting to skip the the league the league tournaments. And here's why. Mm. Can you imagine a, a school like Baylor, let's say? Oh they go to a they go to a Big 12 championship and one of the guys gets COVID. And they're out for 14 days yep. and they're undefeated and they can't go to, you know, so it's like, what, let's just skip that and go right to the tournament and go to the bubble, you know? Um, it's interesting. It's, and, but that's a money, it's a money grab for the, for the leagues. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that and the local businesses, right. You want them to, uh, sure. well, once sure. again, no fans will be there. So there's no local business. So <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. I guess you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's more about TV contracts. TV, TV contracts. Yeah. So we'll see. I think, uh, you know, I think everybody, that's just an interesting thought. You know, you can imagine yeah. a Gonzaga saying like, why would we risk 
going to win a, a meaningless thing when we're, you know, slotted to, you know, to cakewalk, you know, here's what I'll say though. Um, teams that make it to Indy have a chance of winning because <laughs> you're in Indy. They're all there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, uh, all right. Long show with the, with the NFL, but well-deserved as we head in. Ne- look, next week we'll be able to kind of feel out all the sports going on. Um, and, and we'll see what changes between now, Bill and, and Anthony, what's the, um, kind of what's the lay of the land for the, for the city. I, I know they're doing like 30% capacity. Does that sound about right? And a lot of first responders. 22,000. 7,000 first responders. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, 7,000 of those people are going to be employees of the 22,000 oh, okay. people who work at the stadium and they're the NFL is giving, I forget how many, Billy, do you know exactly how 70, many? 7,500 uh, vaccinated first responders. Right. First uh, responders. Interesting. Interesting for free. <clears throat> Because face face on this ticket, I think is close to a grand for the worst seats is face mm. value. So I heard today nine thousand dollars. Well, yeah, if you're going on StubHub or those places, you can get them. But yeah. I mean, face value. Like I remember, <clears throat> I've told this story before when we talk about Super Bowl. But uh, it was um, <laughs> there were two hundred dollars a ticket in 1994 when I was working for the Chargers. Um, so it was a year after the Chargers went Super Bowl, '94. Uh, yeah, and. They it was two hundred dollars face value. Every employee of the Chargers got two tickets. They take two tickets for two hundred. You had to show up with four hundred dollars. They came to the vault when I would be there, and I would hand them their two Super Bowl tickets. They would give me four hundred dollars. John Dunn, the strength coach of the Chargers, had a wad of hundred dollar bills. And what what happened was, you you would go down and see John. He would give you four hundred dollar four one hundred dollar bills. You would come up to the ticket office to get your two world, your Super Bowl tickets, walk back down to John, hand them to him. He'd give you another 400 for you to keep. So the employees mm. would double their money instantly. Did the game? And John, they were, no, they, 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 they just got $400 for going up and getting the tickets. And then John turned around, sold them scalpers and made a, a ton more money. That happens at every team. <laughs> There's just sure. this, uh, pipeline of tickets from the teams out to scalpers. The seedy underbelly of the ticket yeah, office. Yeah, it was very interesting because when every employee kept coming in with the same crisp hundred dollar bills that were in serial number order. It was pretty easy to figure out. Do you remember that was one of the, uh, one of the coveted jobs at the uh, fraternity was block seating chairman. Block chairman. Yeah. Block mm-hmm. chairman. Yeah. You got to decide who sat where and you had to get the tickets and, you know, and I was, yeah, yeah I was always around Joe Kami. Um, <laughs> I hope he likes you. Great, great guy. <laughs> great. No, no, great guy. But, um, Hmm. How do I put this? Sean, I put this, um, wasn't football oriented. Uh, Correct. Also, like to have a good time. Oh. Let's just say. So we're it's 1989. We're playing Florida State at home, and it's it's a famous game. Uh, Florida Florida's up 14 to nine. Right. Florida State's on the five yard line. Joe turns to his buddy and says, "This is with 20 seconds left. Fourth and goal on the five. We're up 14 nine. He looks at his buddy and goes." If we hold them to a field goal, we've got this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was with my brother-in-law, now brother-in-law, then buddy Greg, and we looked at each other. What did he just say? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, one of the greatest lines ever. If did we hold them to a field goal, we've got this. Did they No, we Florida won 14 Nice. So, <laughs> and uh, that was a famous joke for a while. What time is it in uh, Tallahassee? 14 to nine, right? So, anyway. Oh. No. Nice. Sorry, I went All off right, on tangent. the horn. Mal, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, you know, the same old thing, but I just wanted to quickly just, we are a sports talk show, just quickly uh, speak to the passing of Henry Aaron. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, great. Yes. Uh, I, I, you know, I was kind of a, I don't want to say, I watched a lot of of the tributes to him on the Major League Baseball Network, network and I always knew he was a good guy. He was a great guy, so on and so forth. But uh, he very well may have been the greatest hitter of all time. But even more than that, he was one of the bravest, most mm. consistent people on and off the baseball field. I mean, he said he's an American hero, and the things he put up with, and the things he did, and the the records he still holds and the things he did were just 
amazing. And uh, it's a big loss for a lot of people. Uh, and uh, I, I tip my hat to him, his family, um, and, and the way he did what he did. It's, uh, it's a big loss. I was very impressed by, by the interviews and the, not one person said a bad thing about him. Bill and I talked about this on the golf course. Billy Williams, who was from Mobile, Alabama, uh, his, Billy Williams' older brother played in the Negro Leagues with Hank Aaron when Hank Aaron was a little kid. And then Billy Williams made it to the majors, as did Hank Aaron. And uh, Billy sat back when the, uh, when the interview asked him a question, and he said, Hank was always proud of the fact that he never won the Comeback of the Year award because he never had a <laughs> bad year. <laughs> that's awesome which i thought was a great line and uh you know, i believe i believe hank, hank was one of the one of the um baseballs not rushmores they did one for each team but the, but he was one mm. one of the four with oh, willie may unquestionably and um i forget who the other two were willie mays and babe ruth um, has got to be on Jackie there, right? Probably, right? yeah babe ruth and um maybe dimaggio but uh it was uh um, usual too he was unbelievable yeah but it's just a. Uh, what a, what a great guy. And obviously Todd, as you talked about, I mean, you know, you grew up with really only one baseball team where you lived mm -hmm. and that was the Braves, right? And yeah, that's absolutely right. There were no Florida teams back in 1982. Um, so Mel, thanks for bringing it up. I can't believe shame on all of us other three for not remembering. Um, certainly not by design. It just, uh, just, just slipped by. So there's a lot going on this week, you know, there yeah, tough, really tough. a lot of sports going on this week, but uh, his passing I mean, Bill, I think you mentioned that you had actually seen him play. With the, yeah, when he was with the Braves, right? Because in the early 70s, the you know Qualcomm, yeah. which was San Diego Stadium at the time, opened in 69. So I was eight years old. The Braves old. were in the, uh, the, West. Were in the West. They were in the West. They were, they were in San <laughs> yeah. Diego nine times. I saw him play in yeah. Riverfront Stadium when Tom Seaver pitched one day. Yeah. Super yeah. fun. It was just, just cool. You know, to, you know, it was and Willie Mays came in with the Mets. Uh, Willie McCovey with the Giants. I mean, it was just really cool to see these names that, you know, at the end of their careers when you're a kid, you know, and, and your dad would sit there and yeah. tell you, yeah, this and that. Sandy Koufax was one I didn't get to see, but my dad told me a lot about him. So very cool. Very cool. Well, Sandy Koufax said that he hardly ever intentionally walked anybody, but he had a lot of intentional walks against the Braves. And an interviewer asked them why. And he, without even skipping a beat, he said they were all against Henry Aaron. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. Hey, real, real quick, um, this is a guy also who who was active in the Braves organization year year in and year out. He was there almost every game, uh, mentoring all the guys. Um, and Chipper Jones said an amazing uh, put put out a pretty cool tweet, basically saying if there's anyone who could ever been angry and, and militant. Um, it would be Henry Aaron for what he faced um, through the Negro leagues and then taking the home run King away from babe. I mean, just all the, 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 the bad blood he got just because he was taking it from, from babe Ruth. Right. Um, and he goes, hey, he was never like that. So just a, a, a guy who showed grace and, and courage and um, stayed with the organization, even long after his playing days and influenced uh, young, young baseball players. So what a great guy, a huge loss. Um, I think he was in his mid eighties, but still, um, I think it was a quick, uh, he went quickly. Um, so yeah, huge loss to, to baseball, but what a great guy, right? Yeah. Good hat tip there, Mal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, another one that went a couple, couple days after him was Larry King. who was not a sports yeah, guy, but another Atlanta yeah. legend there with, with TBS, you know, and, and, you know, CNN and, you know, somewhere, somewhere there's a heaven. Hello. You know, <laughs> Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> Lawrence, Kansas. Hello. One more, one more Henry Aaron stat. This one, this one blew my mind. He's the still the major league leader in total bases. Yep. Right. The difference between him and number two, who's Stan Musial. Guess how? Guess how many? I, I heard this yesterday. I can't. I can't. Couldn't I didn't tell you. It blew my mind. Myself. Probably almost a uh, six hundred. Twelve miles. <laughs> oh, and twelve, 12 miles of bases. <laughs> 12 miles, 700 total bases more than, close, than yeah. Stan Musial. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah, think about that. And if you took away his 755 hits, he would still have home runs. He would still have 3,000 hits. Right. Mm. He had a higher batting average in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning 
than he did in the first through six innings. He was a clutch player. Right? He had a, a 364 postseason batting average. And all the guys that you, you, wouldn't, you shouldn't have been able to hit, Nolan Ryan, Sandy Koufax, he batted 300 against all of them. 364 against, so, 362 against Koufax and 300 against Nolan Ryan. His, um, wow. his final career average is like 305, right? And that's yes. only because he played so long. Can you imagine? Right. Maybe, uh, you know, sure, it dropped mm-hmm. off dramatically in the last couple of years because he was DH and I think for the Brewers at the end. Uh, yeah. He was probably in the 310, 320 range part of those last few years. So that's, that's been some, for a for power hitter, that's ungodly. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. Good, good pull there, Mal. Nicely done. All right, Mal. Now what do you got coming up this week? Uh, we have, uh, you know, the market, Sean, as I'm sure you're, you're realizing is, is crazy as it's ever been. We have historically low inventory, which is bringing out uh, a, a lot of, of unique and different situations. Uh, and uh, we have a couple that we have to try to keep together this week. Um, and I know that my team has been working very, very hard showing people properties because I don't think we've had a non-multiple offer so far in 2020 for any of the offers that we've made. Mm. Every single offer we've made has been a multiple offer situation. And so we have buyers who are excited to get into a home. And at the moment they're losing out on two and three deals. Uh, And it's, it's becoming uh, and I don't see anything that's going to make the inventory rise anytime soon. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to tell me what we can do to make it go up. But uh, So we're just going to get up and show up and do the work harder than normal mm. this week for our clients because that's what it's going to take. That's great, man. Well, keep up the good work. Stay focused. I know you're working hard and, uh, and uh, representing your clients in your small viable audience. Todd, how about you, bud? Yeah, so more uh, business as usual, having a pretty strong January. Um, and first quarter, we're facing some some good headwinds from uh, last year. And then, as you know, things tailed off uh, a little come second quarter, third quarter. So if we finish Q1 as strongly as we think we will, um, we're due to have a great year because uh, even uh, things go a little south, we'll still do better than – than 2020 comparable. So um, really looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, got to focus on continuing to work hard every day. As Mal says, get up. Uh, what is it? Shave and show to work. Something like that. Um, get up, shave, shit, shower, show up to work. Something like that. No, um, no, I love that. That's, that's great. Um, get up, show it. up and do the work, buddy. That's it, baby. That's it. I'll get it one day. I think I have a little wristband I should wear. That'll remind me of that. So, um, and from an entertainment point of view, um, boy, have you guys watched Tiger, uh, HBO Max? Uh, not yet. Yes. I know you and Anthony have. I'm, 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 I, I'm I, I just finished part, to watch it. I just finished part one today. Bill, it, it I haven't watched part two yet, Anthony. Um, but Bill, yeah. it just you almost admire the guy even more. Just what what he went through, right? And, and I'm not listen. I'm not, uh, his, his mom and dad were tough on him. Right. And he was, he was programmed to be what he is. And, and knowing now we know, knowing now watching him evolve, what an incredible life he's had. And we've talked before the tiger 5.0 with often with Charlie, just, just amazing. So it's, it's good. I heard uh, part two is really interesting. Um, but anyway, before that, and then also if you're, Klein working on the home office tomorrow. If you have ESPN plus uh, Sunderland finds themselves seventh in the table and they're battling Ipswich town tomorrow who find themselves 11. So uh, they got a couple games in hand, half a season ago, but uh, love to see Sunderland get in the mix. Um, hopefully finish in the top two with automatic promotion, but certainly want to get them in a playoff. So again, if you will find yourself at home, three, four o'clock, put it on. Uh, let's, Let's go, lads, right? The Black Cats. Look that's, at Anthony. He's making a nut. That's are going on league, the planner, buddy. Are they League yes. One? They're League One, right? They are League One. Yeah. So a promotion in the championship league. Yeah. They, then they'd have to be promoted to the Premier League. they got to <laughs> finish <laughs> top two, right? Top two? Yeah. Oh, two's automatic. And then there's a playoff between the third, fourth, and fifth, sixth team, one spot. They do a 14 yeah. playoff. 
to get and that. They finished three go seven. up, three go down. They yeah. finished. Three seven. go up, three They're go on down. NBC ESPN SN? Plus. No, no ESPN, ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. They yeah. finished seventh right? last year, right? By by a, a horrible loss. It's in, in, it's in the planner, buddy. Okay, good, buddy. Good, good, good. Let's let's beat Ipswich. So Ipswich. there you go. Okay, good. Actually, you know what? Looking at my planner, Sean, can I throw one more thing that I have going on this week? I because I, I looked at my planner and tomorrow night the the uh, I was invited to the rate my agent agent of the year ceremony and I have this box behind me uh, and I'm pretty certain Wednesday it's a pair, night, right? I'm yeah, pretty it's certain Wednesday it's a night. pair of golf shoes that I, I know right <laughs> that I can't open up until tomorrow night uh, but that's also on my calendar for this week and I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Anthony, oh, was I not on, supposed to open that bill? Put it on Wednesday night, Anthony, because it's Wednesday night at five o'clock, not not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Yeah. No, when? Yeah, Wednesday. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You mean when people Anthony, are listening? Anthony to the in show. the waiting room, just like, come on, guys, let me in. <laughs> Wednesday night, five o'clock. It's right there. All right. I just it's the wrong day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Bill, you're up. Um, my guest this week on the Real Estate Sessions podcast is Greg Robertson who I've wanted to talk to for a long time. He is the co-founder of W&R Studios and Cloud CMA. <clears throat> so very interesting guy. He's been involved in the real estate tech world for 28 years. And almost the entire 28 years has been focused on CMA for the most part. Uh, wow. Very interesting guy. and uh, Very left brain though. Yeah. He's a left brain. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's a, um, his, his partner, Dan Woolley. W of the WNR and Greg Robertson. His partner is um, a uh, the, the the kind of the tech wizard, and and Greg's very out there, right? Just kind of marketing, sales, ideas. Uh, he has a great podcast called Industry Relations with Greg Hahn, where they'll every now and then get together. And great, I'm sorry, uh, Greg Hahn, uh, help me out here. Uh, Rob Hahn. Rob Hahn. Yeah. So Rob Hahn, Greg Robertson, two guys that couldn't be any different. You know, one I love the in the podcast you hear this. You know, Rob went to Harvard. Greg went to DeVry's Institute of Technology. I mean, that's, so nice. that's, the, uh, that's the that's the meld in that podcast. It's a lot of fun to listen to. So uh, industry relations. And uh, so I, I'm excited about that, that episode. By the way, another tease. They just sold their company um, after 10 years to Lone Wolf Technologies, who does a lot of back-end stuff for brokerages and things. So Cloud CMA yep. is now part of that. They took the first million dollars of that sale and divided it amongst their 36 employees. And depending on how long they'd been there, you know, and how, um, you know, and, and those sorts of things, everybody got a cut of that money. And I, and I, I just think that's amazing and wonderful and what a great thing to do. Right. Yeah, and, for and sure. He talks about how it affected him and the team. I'll let you listen to that part of the show. It's pretty, pretty cool. So that's tomorrow. Um, and, and Sean, just so you know, I've interviewed my guests for the following week already. And it's, um, she claims that her connection to Inman came through uh, one Sean Carpenter. Is that right? A relative newcomer who's only been there less than a year. But you're the one who said, you should write for Inman. You should just go ahead. Go, they love writers and you can be a contributor. Do you know who I'm talking Jackie about? Jackie Soto? No. Close. Right. Right. West, it's West Coast kind of. Um, the girl from uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. Victoria Kennedy. Victoria, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she'll be the Did she sing on the podcast? No. And I, I I didn't want to do that because that's embarrassing for you know a lot of singers don't want to do that. So I didn't ask her to sing, but we'll definitely have some links to some of her YouTube videos. Yeah, wow, she's yeah. good. An opera singer, basically, trained yeah. opera singer who uh is all that's great. I'm glad yeah, it's funny because she reached out to me about something else and I said you should reach out to Laura. I, I said I'll make a personal introduction. Yeah. Put her in touch with Laura. Good. Good job. You helped her out. She's a uh, Hey, I listened. I listened to last week's episode in the plane on the way back from Oklahoma City. And I really enjoyed that conversation. I kind Who'd of forgot. Who was something. last week? Who was last week? Me. Oh a, yeah, you. Okay. Yeah, and I, I really, you know, but it was a, it was an engaging, fun. You know, we talked about a lot of things I don't usually talk about. I've been on lots of podcasts where I kind of give this, you know, the same, you know, bullet points. Um, that was I thought that was a fun conversation into into the market we're in, a little Inman history and. Let's talk about O'Hara's and, you know, this, this is the week we'd be in O'Hara's, you know, it's, yeah, I've seen yeah. some of the memories nope. come up. It's been kinda... Has anyone ever asked you about O'Hara's on the podcast? On mm -hmm. a podcast? Yeah. No. That's why the real no, estate but... sessions is different, Sean. 
That's what we're trying to do here. That's why my answer was what it was. There you go. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks hey, for uh, that, by the way, that was awesome. <laughs> busy week for me, lots of coaching sessions with agents. Um, and I also have, um, I did a fun presentation for the Nebraska leadership team today. Uh, and then shortly after that, got a nice call from, uh, I did the Iowa leadership uh, event last week and then got a call for them inviting me to be at their convention in October. So my first October convention booked already for Iowa. Going to go to Council Bluffs, boys. Ooh. And uh, yes, Council Bluffs. Need to look for the AAA or the AA team that plays in Council Bluffs and get a hat for you. If they're not um, in Cedar Rapids, because that movie's awesome if you haven't seen it. With, with now, Cedar Rapids, other, si- other side of the state. Other side of the state. Uh, and then Wednesday I have, uh, let's see, tomorrow's all coaching. Wednesday I do one, two, three sessions uh, from local Philly, and then uh, our mortgage partner, uh, Guaranteed Rate Affinity. So it uh, should be a fun week. And then I wrap up uh, with a few more uh, buyers and some more coaching. So fun week. Listen, guys, lots of sports to talk about. Big two games. Uh, kudos to the NFL. They made it to the season. They got a great you know, championship Sunday. And I think they got some storylines that are going to last two weeks with the up-and-coming, you know, I mean, this is talk about an opportunity for either Brady to win and go out maybe on a, on a win at home or maybe lose and say, I'm coming back for one more, um, you know, and, and then Mahomes obviously sort of set to take that mantle. It's couldn't be a better kind of passing of the guard um, being played in, in Raymond James stadium. So, Hey, on behalf of Anthony and Bill and Todd, I'm Sean Carpenter. And thanks for listening to the stare down.